Hey there, I am so excited to let you know that my upcoming book, Building Your Money Machine, is available for pre-order. Now, you might say, why do I want to pre-order a book that I'm not going to get until June 11th, 2024, when it comes out? Here's why. First off, it's going to get you access to a, a whole handful of wealth resources that you can't get anywhere else. They will go away. These are special resources, trainings and tools and, and templates that allow you to implement them into your life, to get financial freedom started in your life. The whole idea behind this book is to alight the path to financial freedom so you get the chance to live a life of choice not a life of need, to be able to choose what you do, when you want to do it, with whom you want to do it with. And yet we seem to not want to talk about financial freedom or money or wealth because we demonize it. But the fact is, is that it's just a tool. And if we use the tool correctly, we have a richer lifestyle, but we have a deeper impact. People's lives are better. And I want to have that conversation and I want to have it frankly. I want to have it openly. I want to give you the step-by-step -step process to get yourself the financial freedom. And that's what this book does for you. It's about getting your money to work harder for you than you did for it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to yourmoneymachinebook.com. Check out the wealth resources that you get for free, but they're going to expire. So you need to pre-order the book today, put your information in, and then we'll make sure that we get you the resources to get you on the road and on the path to financial freedom. And until I get a chance to see you on the road or see you on that path, always, always strive to live a life that outlives you. See you soon. This is the Affluent Entrepreneur Show for entrepreneurs that want to operate at a high level and achieve financial liberation. I'm your host, Mel Abraham, and I'll be sharing with you what it takes to create success beyond wealth so you can have a richer, more fulfilling lifestyle. In this show, you'll learn how business and money intersect so you can scale your business, scale your money, and scale your life while creating a deeper impact and living with complete freedom. Because that's what it really means to be an affluent entrepreneur. I get asked a lot, how did you get into doing what you're doing? You're a CPA. CPAs don't do this. Well, here's the thing. I didn't walk the traditional journey. And I want you in this episode to understand a little bit more of how I ended up doing what I'm doing, why it's important to you, and what you need to do next, and how this came at the hands of a six-year-old boy. See in the episode. Hey there, I hope you are doing well. Um, I wanted to jump in here and do a different kind of video for you. I had a call or I had a, a question come in from someone asking the question of how does the CPA, how does, how did I end up in this place? How did I end up doing what I'm doing and, and how I'm doing it and that type of thing? And, and it got me to start thinking about it and saying, you know, sometimes we take for granted the journey that we have been on. Uh, and life is a journey. <laughs> Lots of twists and turns, you know, ups and downs, and 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 arounds. And you know, my life isn't any different. I you know, I, I'm certainly, I certainly feel blessed to have the life that I have, um, to do the things I get to do, to serve you, to help people build their dreams, build their financial dreams, find freedom. I knew those things, but it it, it wasn't. 
It wasn't all that way. Always that way. And I, and I think about back on how did I even get into entrepreneurship? What, why did that even attract me? And and it it goes back to when I was a young kid, when I was 11 years old. Um, I I got I was watching a movie with my dad, and uh, we're watching a movie with Tony Curtis and Janet Lee, and and um, it was about Harry Houdini, Harry Houdini's life, and uh, and I was fascinated with this guy that no boxes, no chains, no nothing could could hold. And and the more and more I researched, the more and more I, I read about his life and his times and the things he did, man, I fascinated him more. The the realization that there was this idea of being able to go and do things that you loved and make a difference and everything. And, and so I got fascinated with magic at 11 years old, 10, 11 years old, and started to, to learn and, and, and read. And I, I literally, during the summer months when I wasn't in school, I would literally take the bus down to the magic shop across the valley every day and spend time there. Uh, and one time someone came in and talked about them doing a gig. And I go, what is a gig? <laughs> he says, that's when we get paid to do a show. I go, you're getting paid to do magic? And I said, he said, yeah. So I said, how do I do that? Now I'm 11 years old because I'm thinking, well, if I can get paid to do what I love, that would be really cool. And so I went on to, to start doing magic shows, half hour magic shows um, for kids' birthday parties. <laughs> At 11 years old for $50. You know, now we're talking about 1971. So it was a long time ago. 50 bucks was a, a, a lot of money. But what it really did is plant the seed in me about, well, what if I could just live my life? And, and as a child, you automatically think that everything's possible. Anything is possible. And I, I kept that spirit. Um, and then that's what you know, drove me to start looking at business as I got older and I went into college and, and things like that. I ended up as a CPA, you know, working with businesses and, and everything and, and doing the kinds of things I wanted to do. But at the same time, also knew that I'd always do it on my own. Always was going to create my own firm and, and do that. And I had a firm. I was a managing partner of a firm. And, uh, we were doing, you know, well into the seven figures and we had a team, I had a team of 29, 32 at the, at the max. And next thing I know, my partners came to me and said, uh, we don't want to be partners with you anymore. And they, they pretty much shoved me out the door with uh, no clients, no client backlog, no cash flow, nothing, nothing. And, you know, part of it was because I was, I was going in a different direction. I had that entrepreneurial spirit. I wasn't doing the typical accounting stuff. I was doing valuations, consulting. It was a different animal. And so they, they wanted to keep with the traditional business. And I totally get that. But I was left with nothing and figuring out how do I make this work. But that was the same year that one of the greatest gifts came to live with me. And that was my son. I became a single full-time dad. My son, Jeremy, was five and a half years old. And here I was as a father with this gift of a child trying to figure out how do I make ends meet? What do I do to take care of this child? How, how do I nurture and, 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 and do the right thing for this five and a half year old, six year old boy? And some of you might be in that situation where 
you're trying to take care of your loved ones, you're trying to take care of your spouse or your children or your grandchildren, and you might be struggling these times. I, I get it, and, and it's a scary, scary situation. I was, I was scared, and you know, the good news is I had a support uh, network around me, but that still didn't mean that you know I still had to go out and make the money. So I did what most entrepreneurs do. I got on the treadmill. I I started working, I started promoting, I started speaking, I started writing. I was I was doing everything that I knew to get comp, get get clients and to get business in. Next thing I know that the business starts coming in and and all of a sudden I've got cash flow, I've got clients, I've got work to do and and I'm looking at it, I'm excited. I'm saying, you know, I just looking at Jeremy and realizing, saying, hey, this is going to work. We're going to be okay. I had just purchased a house when this happened. So I was three over 300000 in debt. So I had that on my head also. But I was okay because I had these clients coming in. Now the cash flow was coming in. And now all of a sudden, I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. And then Jeremy comes walking and running in from school one day. And uh, this was probably one of the, the most pivotal points in my financial journey, my business journey, my life's journey. He says, Daddy, 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 I drew a picture of you at school today. And I kneeled down and he was so excited. It was I had to stop everything. And I kneeled down to his level. I, I take this picture in my hand and I look at it and there it is. I'm drawn in blue felt dip pen and a stick figure. It still pains me today. Um, seeing two computer screens on the desk, a phone in each ear and one on the desk ringing. And it was in that moment that I realized I was totally screwed up. Yeah, maybe I was getting the money in. Yeah, maybe I was building the business, but I wasn't building my relationship with my son. The only thing he saw in me was that I worked. And I get it, I have to pay the bills and I can use those as excuses and I can do all those things. But the fact of the matter is that I was ripped up inside. Because I felt like a failure. Because I felt like the one gift that was so important to me and I thought I was doing the right thing and I realized I wasn't doing the right thing. So you know, I had so many people telling me, Mel, you have to get work-life balance. You have to get get things that way. But here's what I figured out. Work-life balance, it's a myth. It, do, it, it doesn't exist. I mean, the fact of the matter is that to have balance, what it insinuates is that you have weight on this side, you have weight on this side, they counterweight. There's like this tug of war. And that's what it was, a tug of war between the personal life, between fatherhood, between work and the professional life, and all these things pulling at things. It's not balance that we need. I, I realize that it's harmony. Things that work in concert with each other. How, how could I be the entrepreneur I want to be to build the business, to serve the clients, but be a great dad? You know, I don't know. Maybe in your life you're sitting back looking at the same thing. How, how do you be a great parent? How do you be a great spouse? How do you be a great son, daughter, sister, brother? How do you harmonize those things, integrate? And that was the thing that, that got me to start to, to really look at my life and say, how do I do it differently? There had to be a way to reinvent, reinvent how I did the business so I had the time to dedicate to him and to be present with him because he didn't want my profits. 
He wanted my presence. He wanted me there. He wanted me to be with him. And so that's when I started to understand this idea of living an affluent life versus a wealthy life. See, the wealthy life is chasing the money. The affluent life is chasing the meaning. See, I truly believe that an affluent life has four aspects to it. And the first aspect is that it's a meaningful life. That it means something, that it brings joy to you, it warms your heart, that that each day, even if it's a tough day, has meaning to it. The second aspect of it is that it is an impactful life. That you're having a positive effect and impact on those you serve, that on those you love, the people you share life with. The third aspect is that it's a fruitful life. One where you can pay the bills and then some and do do that. It's the only aspect of affluence that actually has money attached to it. And then the third, the fourth aspect is that was a peaceful life. That you can live in peace knowing that you lived it your way. Kind of like the old song. That you had a chance to Make the decisions, design your life, live it your way. Know that it was in alignment with your values, with your value, with the vision that you have for your life. That's affluence. That's true affluence. And that's, that's the thing that, that came out of a felt-tip-pen picture of me and a six-year-old boy. Because it's through that that I developed the processes and the systems of the affluence blueprint and and all those things to, to really bring that to life, to live an affluent life in a way that gave it meaning, impact, fruitfulness, and peacefulness in order to make that happen. You know, And that's what I want for those that I serve. It's, it's what got me here because it's through that people asked, how did you do it? How are you doing it? How are you helping your clients do that? And that's what got me out here doing. It's not what I set out to do when I became a CPA. But the fact of the matter is, I realize that richness is an experience and feeling game. Wealth is just a money game. The wealth part of it is actually easy. There's principles, there's processes, there's priorities and all that stuff. That's easy. But we can get all that right. And if we don't get the richness part of it right, the way we live, the way we experience life, the way we feel life, we're going to feel poor, no matter what's in the bank account. That's what drives me. That's what makes me do what I do. Thank you for listening to the Affluent Entrepreneur Show with me, your host, Mel Abraham. If you want to achieve financial liberation to create an affluent lifestyle, join me in the Affluent Entrepreneur Facebook group now by going to melabraham.com forward slash group, and I'll see you there.